and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Okay, this is officially one of those days. The Jays are crushing it. It's overreaction Monday in the NFL. Just so happens to be one of a couple of media days in the NHL. Yankees and Twins going toe-to-toe -to -toe at Yankee Stadium. Jesse Rubinoff back from his bachelor party weekend in the Muskokas. Oh! 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 Tim. Rubinoff. Good to see you. <clears throat> What the hell are you doing over there? Well, that's a that's a fancy hat, is it? We're gonna it? need a zoom in on the logo, Tim. What's going on? I was exhausted. I am exhausted. Yeah. But I am rallying. Okay. That What's says. It? Babe and Rue. Yeah, Babe is the nickname of my significant other fiance Haley, and Rue is me. But the significance of that I is how similar it looks. To the Tim and Friends logo, so a shout out oh, to that's what we were doing on the, the wheel. boys oh, that yes. put that together. Yes, yes sir, yes, you uh, get your own, Timmy. Would, uh, there you go. In a hurry. Oh, babe and roof for you. In a hurry. He got his own. I now. didn't give you the copyright laws, but that's right. I didn't do it though, so you know. Nice. That wasn't me. I didn't know anything going into the bachelor party. Nothing. Nothing. But you got a little babe and roof going on. <laughs> a little babe and roof. Okay. Good I got, times. I got What's a, going on? Like, a couple are you things really I got to tell you about. Okay. Just a couple things I got to tell you about. As I rally here, because I am. Tired. All right. So By we the way, played. Did you realize that the Yankees just tied it up with a three-run bomb on Sportsnet? Of, of course right they do. Nothing's easy. Bottom of the eighth, they were down five-two. Tied it up five-five. So we were keeping an eye on that as hold we on, speak. Hold on. Hold on. You thought it was going to be easy for the Jays. You thought it was <laughs> no. going to be easy. No, for the Jays. I did not. Actually, when you were away in your fancy <laughs> bachelor party, I was saying it's not done. Okay. You're not in. All right. Quickly, All right, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this really. I'm going to get this. Uh, done really quickly. Okay, so the, the main theme of the weekend was Survivor, okay? And I want to point out that the two tribes were Tim and Friends. So although you weren't there because you right. couldn't be there because the show would exist without the Tim portion of it, you were there in That's spirit. A bit of a problem, but yes. continue. Yes, that, okay. is, that is a problem. So you, yeah. so you did a Survivor yes. thing? It was a Survivor theme? The entire theme? weekend, yes. Oh, really? So like the whole thing, like the final tribal council, the three people in the final thing, I had to give a whole speech <laughs> and the whole vote thing. Okay, immunity okay. challenges were? Oh, well, I... Not to brag, but I want a wall sit, 17-minute wall sit. <laughs> wall sit. <laughs> and you wondering why I'm I'm on the couch there you exhausted. Did a, you did a 17-minute wall sit for yes. real. I, I may have, I may have quietly in the corner stood up once, but no, Nobody no one needs to know that. Yeah, now they know. Okay. One other thing was we were doing an immunity challenge on a golf course, a nice little pitch and putt up in Muskoka. Okay. And you know how they have the the the. So I had to beat people from the other tribe, whatever. You know they Whatever. have the quiet. I'm, I'm, I was just nominated by my tribe to play golf. Yes, exactly. This little pitch putt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know they have the, they're the quiet please at the golf tournament yeah. stuff. So my friends instead, what they did is they had signs of Tim McAuliffe's sayings while I was on the tee. So we're talking love, peace, and hair grease. Right. Got it good since you understood. <laughs> Did these distract you? No, like, no, I, I think need to it get was away more like that, no. I think it was more supportive. Oh, okay. Like special yeah. players make special plays on special days. Okay, so let me ask you. Yes. Did a special player make a special play on a special day? We're gonna get to that later. Okay. We'll get to <laughs> that right. later. We got a little something, something planned for. So later it sounds like good times. It was amazing. Glad to be back though. Was it as good as the Toronto Blue Jays weekend? I, I mean, maybe. 
<laughs> but you could definitely make an argument you know what? for the Jays. Bachelor parties can be a remarkable disappointment. Yes. I'm very happy that you had a thank, good time. Thank you, yeah. I mean, the first time the group of friends have been together in a long time. Yeah. Everybody was tested and fully vaccinated, in case you're wondering. So I just want to point that out just to make sure. <laughs> I love just, how you have to put that pre well, I, people, know, you know, I know, you know, I know. You know, you know 2021 tip. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. But you were tested for COVID. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So the Jays scored more than Wilt Chamberlain in his prime. Not to say that's what happened at Jesse's bachelor party in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying the Jays are hotter than Fabio before he got on the roller coaster. Like they are hotter than that dude with that hair before he got on that roller coaster because we all know how it ended for Fabio on that roller coaster, right, Jesse Rubinoff? Yes, well, yeah. 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 Let's hope that hasn't happened to the Jays, although I will say, with what the Yankees were doing to where they're at right now, this kind of feels like Fabio on the roller coaster. <laughs> uh, they're down, were they down 5 nothing, Dobbs? They were down 5 nothing. It's now 5-5 there playing in the top of the ninth inning. We may bring uh, a final out, a final inning, we're just going to play it the way we see it right now. It is on Sportsnet. You can flick over if you want. I don't get those ratings. I'd love to get those ratings, but I'm not selfish here. I'm a team player. If you want to head over there, I completely understand it. Jays chasing the Yankees. Wow, well, they're past the Yankees now. But that'll all be a big part of first things first. As always, game day starts with Tim and friends. Six of the Jays' next nine come against the division-leading Tampa Bay Rays starting tonight on Sportsnet. Manoa versus McHugh, Arash Badani, 6 p.m. Eastern. Dan Schulman and Pat Tabler just after that. Then Blue Jays Central right after that. Pretty much how it will look for the rest of the way as the Jays have played themselves into a wild-card position with a run for the ages oh but that's not all my friends not only do we have a live yankees game going on it's overreaction monday in the nfl and the hot takes are hitting harder than vladimir guerrero jr jonathan vilma of the nfl on fox will help us sort through the real and the fakes of the takes that said i did have to do the discount double check on the packers Saints score repeatedly and jesse Fair, I've been high on Jameis Winston throughout the summer. Yes, Nate correct. Burleson's been high on Jameis Winston throughout the summer. The if, eyes. If you watch this regularly, you know this man. Also, Jesse, quick note. Uh, I jumped out to a perfect 2-0 in our weekly picks against the spread. Don't know if you know this, but we have a segment, weekly picks against the spread. You weren't here, so Kevin Mickey uh, took your picks, and he went 1-1. One one. That's fine. Are that's, you okay with yeah, that? We'll, well, yeah, we'll rally. It's all good, Kev. Okay. Yeah, I know he did his homework, so, so sometimes it doesn't work out. So I'm not I'm giving back. up my 2-0 and o I got first week. No, no. Okay, yep. so you are 1-1. One and one, That's fine. And we're only paying for like a million dollars. Okay, so don't not worry a big deal. Yep. All right, the Red Hot Jays, the weekend in football. A little uh, tennis sprinkled in there, Salt Bay-like. And as I mentioned, NHL Media Day. Now, this was supposed to be a thing for the NHL moving forward, but the pandemic... Uh, it's kind of changed the way we do everything. So <laughs> Media Day has been split into three different days, two different cities, Toronto and Chicago. But we will bring you interviews from both cities starting today. In fact, some of Canada's team's big shooters are in Toronto for a little promo shoot. We will bring you a couple of candid conversations starting with 
Austin Matthews and Darnell Nurse today. That's right. In about 20 minutes, Austin Matthews sits down with us to discuss his wrist surgery and if he'll be ready for the start of the season. In about 40 minutes' time, Darnell Nurse, I'm bouncing back from the Oilers' heartbreak of last year. That is all coming up, but have you heard... The Jays are flying high after putting up some ridiculous numbers in Baltimore. And that's where we start with Ruby. So long as you're awake. You good? Like, I'm back. Yeah. I'm, f- I'm fully the, back. The eyes don't read like you're fully back. I'm going to be honest with Is you. Is that right? true? The eyes. There we go. There we go. Okay. Let's go, Ruby. No, let's go. It's first things first. Here let's we go. Let's go, baby Ruby. First things first. First. So while we were playing Survivor, it looks like the Jays are up to some stuff. Three, gay, three weeks to go in the regular season, the Blue Jays are tied with the Red Sox for first place in the American League wildcard race after dropping the opener in Baltimore on Friday. The Jays bounce back with two comebacks in their final at-bats mm-hmm. in Saturday's doubleheader as the offense exploded for 44 runs in the last three games yeah. of the series. Uh, Blue Jays, they'll tell you, we're never down. We always think we can come back and win. Swinging a drive, left field, stay fair ball, it's gone! George Springer has given the Blue Jays the lead with a two-half, two-run home run. Unbelievable. There's a long drive, and you can forget about this one. Deep into the Blue Jays' bullpen, four home runs in the inning. I mean, you're getting no hit going into the last inning, and you drop an 11 spot on the team. Guriel drills one again. That's a no-doubter. Six RBIs on the afternoon for Lourdes Guriel Jr. It's a historic day for the Toronto Blue Jays, and they absolutely throttle the Baltimore Orioles today, 22-7. to That was pretty good, huh? That was pretty crazy. Well, did, yeah. you, did you catch all of that? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> what was the craziest part of that? Um... What, the weekend or the Jays weekend? The Jays weekend. Right. I the ja- I've I talked enough about it. I won't, an- I won't answer go. that one No, let's go you. to the Jays here. What uh, was the craziest part of that uh, onslaught? By the way, will. top of the ninth, uh, Buxton at the plate, one on, two out against Araldis Chapman. Okay. Uh, how about scoring 27 runs in a four-inning span? Like, so if you took Saturday game two, seventh inning, and then Sunday first three innings – it's the most in Major League Baseball's live ball era. So since 1920, scoring 27 runs in a four-inning span is a Major League record. Yeah, like, That not, has to be the craziest part of the week, of, of a crazy weekend. That has to be the craziest part. This is the Major Leagues and not uh, Men's League Tuesday Night Division <laughs> D, right? Right. Like Law ball. I, I mean, we knew that the Orioles were not very good, and we had been saying for a while that the Blue Jays were going to get to a point late in the season where they were going to play this team. But it is not like they beat them in a way that was expected. No, <laughs> the, none two, of this the was doubleheader absurd. was absolutely absurd. Insanity. Like, I, I don't remember, uh, number one, a doubleheader like that. I've never seen a doubleheader of that nature, entertainment, ever. Definitely not. But to be where they were in the seventh inning of both of those games, what does that say to you about this team right now? Well, that they fight. And, and listen, there was, and I keep going back to this one dude, and I'm sorry, I think his name was Darren or something along those lines, who yelled at me for suggesting that there might be a response from the Toronto Blue Jays after the loss to the Detroit Tigers on that Friday night 
2-1 heartbreaker. And I just said, I want to see the response. It doesn't mean they make the playoffs. I just want to see what kind of response you're going to get from this team. 11-1 is the response. Eight runs a game, 51-run differential, and they virtually lead all offensive statistics in the month of September. Runs first, home runs first, RBIs first, average. They're hitting 322 for the month of September. This is a, okay, it's a small sample size. 12 games, base, OPS, <laughs> war, it, everything. Every, the September RBI leaders in the major leagues, Guriel, Simeon, Hernandez, it's unbelievable. And yesterday, to cap it all off, the Jays outscored the Falcons, Bills, Titans, Chargers, <laughs> Colts, Washington, Jets, Panthers, Jags, Dolphins, Patriots, Packers, Giants, Bears. 14 teams in total. And like, that wasn't the doubleheader. That wasn't the doubleheader. No. That was just one game. That was one game yesterday. So, yes, all of these things and all of these moments, and all they all add to experience that can help you get through tough moments even if they come against Baltimore and to come back from the deficit that Ryu mm-hmm. like Shinjin Ryu has to be the happiest camper of them all mm-hmm. gave up seven runs jam done seven inning game and they come back 11-10 and then you're sitting there and you're going here's this Clay Aiken kid Keegan I know I get it <laughs> I just want to say Clay because it sounds better and you're in the same spot where he's shutting you out. And I had just toasted them, what, like a week earlier? for lo- Like, you can't lose to that guy. Mm-hmm. You cannot. And they're getting no hit through six. And yet, not only do they find a way to win. And when Bo hits the home run, listen, he doesn't know that they're going to add, <laughs> what was it, nine more runs on the end of that? Yeah. He hits a two-run home run that puts you up 2-1. It goes on to be an 11-2 final. But the heroics and the guys just coming through, all of that, like it's so fun to watch. And the understanding that most of these guys will be around for a while has to really excite Jays fans. Because as I said to you in one of those mini little rants that we end up putting on the internet, the journey is the destination. And if you are just watching this every day, man, like... Yeah. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Forget where it ends up. What I wanted to ask you one question about Charlie Montoyo has taken a lot of heat during this regular season. And and even me, when you know he comes on those interviews, yep. he's wearing his sunglasses and he's super positive and sometimes it's not going well. <laughs> and I chirp him because he's so positive all the time and I I wanted a little bit more urgency. So I gotta apologize to Charlie Montoyo because how much of this resiliency and kind of like let everything just Flow off your back. Like, you could have adversity. Don't know. I don't know. But it's the positive vibes that they've kept the entire season. Because they still have the home run jacket, jacket when they're losing. They still try and make an effort to keep the vibes up. We're the home run jacket people right now. Yes. They, they got to get rid of the home run jacket people. Uh, I'm not sure where they are. I don't know that Charlie Mont. I, like, I don't know. It's hard this, to quantify. This yeah. has been my case the entire time both ways. Like, you can play armchair quarterback and anyone can do that that's Mm -hmm. easy we've seen it for years in baseball the hindsight is always 20 20 on managers 
I don't know how to quantify how much a manager makes a difference. So in good times versus bad times, I'm not going to change my tune. But I do know that they hired him for his positivity, and they did not give up when fan graphs had them at 4.2% to make the postseason. A little more than that now. A little bit more than that. (laughs) A little bit more, like three weeks later, after that 4.2% or whatever it was, August 27th, it was 4.6%. Today, it's 66.2%. Though the Yankees are playing and they're heading to the bottom of the ninth, tied at five. The Twins come up empty in the top half. So there's your update on the Yankees. All I'm going to say is this, the temperament that I hope that I've brought over the long run for this Jays team, and I'm not even saying they're going to make it, both the Yankees and the Red Sox have a pretty, it, their schedule lightens mm-hmm. as they turn down the stretch, and the Jays, as mentioned, six and nine, six of the next nine against the division leading race. But the temperament that I bring to baseball where this marathon, this long run, this is what we were talking about this year with this team. And it's come to fruition. Like, don't get too jacked up one way or the other. Wait till the end to see where you're at. And I hope that maybe uh, that's if Sid was here this year, like, <laughs> like if Sid was here this year, he would have to have said that he was wrong about five times. Yeah. Because the knee-jerk reactions were there. For everyone to make, but that's baseball, and that's why I love it. So the Jays are hotter than blank. Oh, oh. sounds like a wee bit oh. of a match game there, Rubinov. They are hot. 11 of 12, 14 of 16, 19 games left. That means the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than blank. Let's bring in the responses. I've got a lot already, but there's no denying the Blue Jays are hot, and we want to hear what you think the Blue Jays are hotter than. Want to go through a couple here? Sure. Let's rifle through. through I'm I'm in a bit of a tough spot here because I want to cater to this audience on Sportsnet watching the Yankees and the Twins when it's done. So we have tons of Jays talk, but I wonder if we should get on to the NFL after this. Uh, I'll do a couple. I'll give you you some some of the best that we have here. Okay. Paulie says, the Jays are hotter than a pizza pocket cooked for two minutes and 50 seconds. I know you're a food hack guy, so that's... You bite into a pizza pocket after 250. You're yeah, in trouble. You're burning your mouth. You're in trouble. Yeah, you're burning your mouth. Vicky says the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Robbie Ray's tight pants. Yes. Yeah. Wow. De- debatable on that. Is oh I see. So Vicky says that the pants are hot. I yes. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yes. I didn't know that the pants are actually hot. Right. And then I thought about what's in the pants. Well, depending on where you wear them, they might they might be hot. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. Tight pants yeah. in say Kansas City. Yeah. You know, on Any, a, yeah, on a yeah. midsummer. Exactly. Midsummer day. And he is day. moving around. He's playing. He's pitching. A lot of change. Chafing. Exactly. A lot of chafing. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. My pants are chafing me. I want to get into, and for those who are watching us on 360, I don't want to rip you off. Like, I just want to have these Jays conversations, but we're kind of playing this give and take game because this is live television, and the Yankees and the Twins are right now in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, zero on, one out. You know what uh, this so, reminds me of? What? Layla. When she was up there on the TV. But we couldn't go live her. to that one. No, no. We could go Luke Voigt. Is that a fly ball? It's out of play. You just oh, love it. Is he it loves, not out of play? He loves doing play-by-play. It's play. not out of play. What are you doing? This is great TV. You, you love so play-by-play. <laughs> I know you're not Christian Kirk, but do me a favor. Over the shoulder. You're not Willie Mays. Check this out. Vladdy would have had it. Vladdy would have had it. So I thought it was out of play. So did Sano. He's chasing this down. Watch where it lands. We stopped moving. What are you? Like, 
Did he? I guess he thought the well, wall was Well, look there. where the twins are in the standings. That tells you all, all you need to know about that. I thought, I think he, what, he... Yeah. He kicks it. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, he cut it short, but he kicked the ball there. What are you, the Hoosiers? Yeah, not great. You don't give the Yankees multiple chances, so, especially I, I, at Yankee Stadium. So the Jays nation as a whole is openly rooting for the twins. That, that's why yeah. you, the frustration came out there on Sonoma. Right, so, and I want to get to, this is what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Guerrero is on the verge of remarkable history. And I will tell you about that remarkable history coming up. And director Matt, I don't even mind if you leave the Yankees game up somewhere. I don't care anywhere. Uh, I know we got all these fancy graphics that Maui made, and you know how much I love Maui, uh, our graphics designer. Uh, but I don't mind if you leave it up. Okay. So as the Yankee game plays in the background, we got to shift to football because it was week one yesterday. It still is week one. There is a game tonight. So uh, the overreactions pour in on Mondays after the first ever 17-game regular season kicked off yesterday. So what's the biggest overreaction from what was an eventful week one? in The The Packers Saints. Yes. Without a doubt. And it's both ways, right? Like It's like the Packers season is over and the Saints are on the verge of Jameis Winston becoming the MVP. And I'm not saying that he's not going to become the MVP. I've been high on Jameis Winston, but whoa there, Donkey, a little bit. Like, what, why? My question is, why did Aaron Rodgers look so the bad. way he did? That's, that, is, that is the one question that I will entertain and have the conversation of. But to suggest that it's already over no, in Green absurd. Bay to me is absurd. And I know that there are some people that are saying, well, why would Ian Rodgers look that bad? He's got to be pissed. They brought Jordan Love in. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to go on this entire year? Can they possibly any way, Luke Voigt struck can they possibly <laughs> any way uh, get through all of this? And I say, yes, there's a relax. I, I don't want to go to the clip of Aaron Rodgers saying relax, but there needs to be a little bit of relaxation. And don't forget, uh, 38 to 3 was the final of that game. The last team to lose to the Saints 38 to 3 in the regular season were the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers last there you year. Go. There you go. Right? So it happens. Those things happen yeah. in one week. Don't overreact to all of that. He's an MVP. He's not going to want to sully his reputation by just not showing up for an entire season. Like, this is the hot take era. As good as Rodgers' career has been, it takes a couple games for people to just hop off the... There were people hopping off the bandwagon yesterday. Right. Just just one game. But he... I, I think he's going to bounce back. He's too good not to. And they're, that team, they have too many weapons for him not to bounce back. Yeah, they got a great running game. Yeah. They have receivers. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> On the road, kind of, against the Saints. Uh, maybe it was just that they got punched in the mouth and didn't know how to react. Yeah. But I'm not going to say it's over for Aaron Rodgers until, you know, we're six, seven, eight, maybe nine games into the season. Not one game into the season. All right, I want to get to um, the rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the sophomore quarterbacks. And I may have been more impressed with the sophomore quarterbacks still to come. Jonathan Vilma. We'll do all that nice. with his takeaways. Plus, Arash Danny from the ballpark. Dan and Tabby as well. As the Jays try and keep it rolling against the division-leading Rays. Up next is NHL Media Day. Darnell Nurse and Austin Matthews both coming up. Jam-packed edition of Tim and Friends. By the way, Yankees. Still in the bottom of the ninth, two out, tied at five. That's on Sportsnet, but if you stick around with us, you'll see things like this. And then the man is there. It's Hill. 
and a throw that almost nobody in the world can make. What a catch, what a play by Kyler Murray. Stafford again, good air and out. Deep down field, wide, wide, wide open. Tom's out. He certainly can shoot from distance too. Oh, Chippiness, he's talking to Lindor. Oh, now it's on. Everybody's out on the field. Oh, oh, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, 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 oh. Did he get another one? Oh, Gallo's on his way back. He got it. Oh. Maria. Lindor again. Wow. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Still to come, a full Jays Rays preview with Arash Madani, Dan Schulman, Pat Tabler leading into Blue Jays Central with Jamie and Joe, plus Jays match game burning up the interwebs. Jays are hotter than blank. That's right, Jays hotter than blank. By the way, uh, that Yankees-Twins game uh, is in extra innings. Uh, Josh Donaldson is the leadoff batter in the top of the 10th for the Twins, so he could do a favor for his old squad here, if he could come through in the clutch again. Jorge Polanco at second, and Josh Donaldson window shopping for (laughs) strike three. So, uh, the Yankees do get one out. But, uh, by the way, Jesse, this felt like this could be the start of the Yankees collapse. They were down 5-0 to a 63-80 Twins team. We were talking about the Jays gathering momentum with great comebacks. This could be one of those for the Yankees. Again, that's available for you on Sportsnet if you want to flick. But just hold on a second. If you're a hockey fan, you don't want to go anywhere. We're going to get to all that. All the Jays talk in a flash. But as I mentioned off the top, Sid and I had a blast a couple years ago at the NHL's Media Day in Chicago. But with the uh, pandemic and stuff, it was scratched last year. And this year, it's been split over a couple days over a couple cities but today is one of those days media day is like a human car wash for nhl players as they slide along a conveyor belt to do podcasts photographs interviews and promotional shoots where they slap on the gear practice sellies snow jobs and yelling it's on Sportsnet." i go all that way to say we were part of the car wash and we were happy to be a part of it though to be honest I also want to be fair to the players and keep the conveyor belt moving. So today, we got a couple guys, Zach Hyman, Thatcher Demko, Darnell Nurse, to drop by the Tim and Friends setup. But we start with some dude named Austin Matthews. What a remarkable season it's been for Austin Matthews. Hottest sniper in the league. Matthews in scores. It's a beauty for Austin Matthews. Quick hands, quick release, off the post and in, and that reaction says it all. The league scoring leader continues on. This is a recording. Austin Matthews has scored again. You just steal the confidence exuding from 34. And Austin Matthews has hit 30. Matthews scores. Patrick goal. Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work. The top goal scorer in the NHL. Austin Matthews polishing up the Rocket Richard Trophy. We're now joined by the Leafs' first Rocket Richard winner, first bud to lead the league in scoring since, I don't know, 1946, Austin Matthews. Austin, thanks for dropping by Tim and Friends on Media Day. 
Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, I'd love to talk about the EA Sports cover. I'd love to talk the Olympics, even Biebs in the UFC to start this. But this is the first time that I'm hearing from you since the wrist surgery. So I got to start with how you're feeling. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I've been progressing, uh, progressing well. Got a couple more weeks uh, until I can uh, really get back to it. So um, you know, I'm shooting for uh, for the for the home opener or the first game of the year. So um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes well, and uh, I'm able to be ready by uh, game one. So the press release said that you uh, quote encountered discomfort. So it just wasn't feeling right. Was it painful? Like, how did you get to the point where surgery was needed? Yeah, I just wasn't feeling right. I think after the year, just, um, you know, we all kind of met, uh, had some imaging done and kind of made the decision that, you know, just let it rest and, and see if it would heal and uh, and go from there and kind of ramped up skating towards uh, the end of summer and just wasn't feeling right. So decided to uh, kind of be a little bit more proactive and um, clean it up a little bit. And, you know, I'm happy I did. And um, like I said, it's been going well, recovering well. And uh, I'm really hopeful to uh, to be ready by game one. So I got to ask then, you scored 41 goals in 52 games. Was that the same kind of discomfort that you played through last year? I mean, it was similar. We, I mean, we were able to kind of get it to calm down a little bit, got a lot of treatment and worked on it throughout the year to just, um, you know, help with the pain and whatever discomfort was kind of going on. So uh, some days were better than others. Understood. We'll move on. So, like, obviously, there's a lot of Leaf fans watching this show, and the season didn't end the way you guys or they wanted it to. Can you use that for fuel this season, or is it a flush it and move on? Yeah, I mean, I think we absolutely can use it as fuel. Um, you know, there's nothing that we can do now to, to obviously change what happened, uh, unfortunately. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's putting our best foot forward, um, using that as motivation and um, you know, just being in the present. Obviously, there's a lot of scrutiny from fans, from media and beyond. So was it nice to hear your GM, Kyle Dubas, come out with nothing but support uh, and belief in your core? Yeah, it's nice. And I think that's, that's the feeling that we have, too, uh, to be honest with you. All, all of us believe in one another. Um, every single person in this organization, uh, we trust each other and have that belief. So... Um, for us, that's uh, that's more than enough. And um, you know, whether um, you know people have a lot of stuff to say, or you know, obviously a lot of doubt. Um, you know, that's not really anything that you know we, we can really control, or that we really care about. It's it, we focus on one another, focus on this team, and what we can control. And obviously, we're extremely motivated with what's happened in the past. So, um, like I said, we're just putting our best foot forward, and uh, we're moving on. Does that add urgency to this season, or is that something as a pro athlete that you have to be careful of and just to play your game? Uh, well, yeah, I think it definitely adds urgency, but at the same time, like, we all have a job to do, and, um, you know, we need to make sure that, that we do that and that we execute on it. So, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, we can only control so much, and that's what we're doing every day and putting in the work to, to obviously be as successful as possible. Are you looking forward to getting some fans back in the building, getting a little juice back in Toronto and beyond? Yeah, I think all of us really are. It's something that we really missed last year. Is uh, We really miss the fans. They play such a big part in, uh, in the game and, and just in the atmosphere and everything. So uh, we're looking forward to getting that energy back in the arena for sure. Hey, with the announcement that the NHLers are going to Beijing, are, are the Olympics something that you've given much thought to? Um, yeah, I, I definitely have. Um, 
you know, it's it's a big honor, I think, to, to obviously represent your country, and I've been fortunate to do it in the past, but I just, you know, there's nothing really like the, like the Olympics, right? So, I mean, talking to people that have... I've been fortunate enough to experience that. Um, I mean, they've said nothing but amazing things, and it's just uh, an experience like no other. So, um, you know, I'm really hopeful that uh, that I'll get, you know, have the opportunity to experience that and be able to represent the USA. Awesome. Before I let you go, last time we talked, I brought up Little Dickie's show, Dave, and Little Dickie's character being a little too excited to go to a party at Bieber's house. And you told me that that was the next step. A party at Bieber's hadn't happened yet. Did <laughs> UFC 263 or 264 change that? Did you get the Little Dickie treatment finally? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit, but um, I was just I was just happy to to go watch a little UFC. That was my first time, so just to be able to, uh, to experience that with, uh, with him and some of my boys, it was, uh, it was a pretty fun experience, so I can't complain. Biebs is a huge fan of the Leafs. Is he talking Hab series, um, or is he, like, way too smooth for stuff like that? Like, if he's go, you could just go backhand on that one move. Like, is he too smooth for that stuff, or is he actually, like, getting into the nitty-gritty? Um... A little bit of both. I think he's got like a really, uh, like he's got like a nice happy medium of like nice. kind of like hockey talk and like team talk, and then just like you know just kind of BSing and just uh, just kicking it. So um, I, I really appreciate that because sometimes you know you just don't want to talk hockey, and I think he knows that. So um, he's got a he's got a nice happy medium though. He's a real human being. It's nice to hear from real human beings these days. Uh, listen, I know these media days can be a lot to digest in a day. But we appreciate it and can't wait to see what you can do with a full season. Thanks for dropping by and doing this. All right, Tim, thanks. Thank you. There is Austin Matthews, and we're not done on this little media day junket. Oh, no, fresh off signing his eight-year extension in Edmonton. Darnell Nurse joins us to discuss his offseason and a look ahead to a different Oilers team. Plus an update from New York next. This is Tim and Friends. I want to welcome those watching the Yankees and Twins on Sportsnet. I'm Tim McAuliffe in the Tim and Friends studios. We've been watching, too, and for those who may have missed it, the Yankees were down 5 nothing at one point. Aaron Judge hit a three-run home run in the bottom of the eighth to tie it at five. We went to extra innings. The Twins got nothing in the top half of the tenth. This is Gary Sanchez scoring Glaber Torres game set and match Yankees could this be a rallying point for the pinstripers they win 6-5 and now climb to within a half game of both the Jays and the Red Sox heading into action tonight we will absolutely positively bring you a full pregame Ahead of the pregame, your game day starts here. Jays and Rays, Arash Madani, Dan Shulman, Pat Tabler ahead of that game. Meanwhile, in downtown Toronto, also NHL Media Day. If you were watching that game on Sportsnet, you missed us talking to Austin Matthews. You can see that online. We will post it for you at Tim and Friends on Twitter and Instagram. But we also caught up with Oilers rearguard Darnell Nurse. 
Darnell Nurse has just taken another step for me this season. He's had a wonderful, wonderful year. Darnell Nurse this year has logged a lot of minutes, the most on the Oilers, put up a bunch of points. He's just having a terrific season. And all year long, he's looking for the right times to get there, the right time to do it. Without Oscar Clefbaum, he's had to eat up more minutes. He's ready and able to do that and producing as well. Here's Nurse at last. He scores! Nurse extending his own career high. What a blast. And he's been just outstanding this year. It's just been impressive to watch him continue to find the back of the net. A guy who I think is starting to thrust his way into Norris consideration. We are joined now by Oilers workhorse, Darnell Nurse. It's been too long, my dude. How are you? I'm great. It has been way too long. I think last time you had a, another friend on this show. Yeah, we, we got rid of some uh, dead nice weight here, Darnell. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> just to talk to you. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, you're one of seven players to average over 25 minutes a game last year. Do you feel like maybe you could have used a couple more months as an offseason, or are you ready to go? No, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, I could have used it a month or two less, so that's, uh, that's the way I'm looking at it, and I'm uh, geared up and ready to go for the season. Can't wait. Awesome. Th those numbers only went up in the playoffs, capped by playing – over an hour, like 62.07 in game four against the Jets. Now, I know it didn't end the way you wanted, but my God, 62.07. I was going to ask you how long you slept, but then I remembered that you were rolling straight to the hospital for the birth of your son, Aiden. First off, congratulations. And second off, what's fatherhood been like? Well, thank you. Uh, fatherhood's been unbelievable. I think... Uh, Everyone, everyone tells you that it's going to be great and, and, and says how much you'll love it, but you never really experience it until it happens, right? So it's, uh, sure, sleep was at a little bit of a premium the first uh, month or so, but at this point, uh, it's been, I'm, I'm just so happy and, uh, and blessed to, to be in this position. Tell me you had, like, the grandparents over and you slept for, like, a full day after the birth. Like, you got a little time early. Yeah, uh, thankfully, my fiance's mom was there, nice. so... Like, sleep a little bit you know hand off the baby at like six o'clock in the morning because she was so fired up to, to hang out with him so you can sleep till like nine nice but, uh, it was definitely necessary at that point yeah that's like putting uh putting like recharging the batteries putting money in the bank so now do you get to like i know you have a little bit of jays fan in you like are you able to i know it's hard in the first six months to a year but are you able to like sit down and watch a jays game or anything like that yeah you know what um Actually, Devin Shore on our team is a huge Jays fan, so he's been just keeping us uh, in the loop the whole time. And like now, obviously, seeing how this is all playing out now, uh, I think everyone in Canada will be watching game by game uh, because it, you, you know at this time of the year when they they can sneak into the playoffs, it's, it's really Canada's team. Yeah, it could light up the whole country. All right, I, I want to get back to that yeah. series just for a second against the Jets. What were the lessons taken away from that series for your team? Yeah, I think it's just a, a continued attention to detail. Obviously, it was a series, like if you look back and, and watch the games, they're very even. It came down to a play here and a play there, and that's, I mean, that's how playoff hockey is. You're not going to win games by, you know, three, four goals. It's, it's their one-goal games, two-goal games that uh, every play matters. So, you know, as, as, as cliche as it sounds, it's those, those one, or two, one or two plays each game that can be made that need to be, that need to be made. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if we go and play that series back 100 times, I don't know if we ever get swept to, uh, out of the 100, but, um, you know, then we just move on to the next, take our lessons and move on to the next one. 
So for that, we talked to Austin Matthews just a couple seconds ago, and he was saying, you know, basically their series against Montreal, it adds to the motivation for this year, but there's a part of you that has to flush it. Is that the same sort of balance for you guys after last year to kind of grab your lessons and maybe use it as motivation, but in the same time, like, you can't harp on it too much? Yeah, no, exactly. I think you have to use that as motivation. Uh, anytime you go into the season, your end goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And if that's not, if you're not the team lifting the cup, I think you should, you're going to be heavily motivated going into next year. So I know for our group, it's uh, it, it was a bitter taste at the end of the year, but at the same time, you got to park, you take the lessons and park and move on. It's uh, it's exciting that we're, we're sitting here just a couple of weeks out from camp and uh, a month or so from, from the season starting up. So I think that's where our focus goes. And you, know, you just got to keep getting. You just got to keep working uh, and getting yourself back into the playoffs and giving yourself opportunity after opportunity. Uh, some changeover in your blue line this year. What did you see from a guy like Tyson Berry last year, and what are you looking forward to in a guy like Duncan Keith being added to the mix? Yeah, Tyson obviously was a huge addition to our team, and, and obviously seeing him the way he's able to move the puck, play on uh, play on the blue line, our power play, and then I got to play a lot with him too as my D partner. So. <clears throat> you get to see what he brings each and every day, and not only does he bring great things on the ice, but off the ice, you know, he's always got a smile on his face, brings that positive energy that you need. Uh, with Duncan, I think the guy's won everything that you can as a defenseman uh, and as a player in this league, and that experience and, and the competitive uh, attitude that he brings to the rink, you know, those are those are type of things that you can't uh, can't put a price on, and, and, and for us, it'll be a big, huge boost to to our group and what we need to get to that next level. Speaking of that group, obviously you guys have been sniffing around it. You've been close for a little while. Do you feel like this team is ready to take another step? And what do you think the key is to doing that? Yeah, I think the key just comes down to, you know, continuing to get there. I mean, we've been two years in a row where we've given ourselves chances at uh, postseason hockey. And, you know, we need to continue to give ourselves those opportunities. You know, we've, we've, we've took our, our lumps, so to say. Um, and I, I think that hunger, like we, we need to continue to you know, use that use that fire and that hunger that uh, that you get from losing and, and losing in ways that you don't want to, uh, and you know, turning that into something positive when when the next uh, opportunity comes to play in the postseason. Personally, was it nice to get the contract extension done before your contract year? Yeah, it was. Uh, I've done <laughs> I've done a couple contract years and gone into. Gone into summers or you know late, late later into seasons without knowing what was going on. So it was nice, definitely to to have the contract done the year before it actually uh, the the contract year kicked in. But with that said, I mean I'm I'm a competitor. I was I was ready to go in and, and go in this year without one. And you know with with that said, to, to have nine more years in, in the city of Edmonton, say that uh, obviously you have you know people that that love the team, uh, ownership ownership that loves the team, uh, great management, great coaches and. And a great core of players. I mean, it's it, it was a no-brainer to stick around as long as possible, and I'm very happy uh, with, with the situation how it all turned out. It just makes me hungrier to to take my game to another level. Hey, listen, I almost trademarked the term "nurse for Norris" last year. I'm not trying to separate my shoulder, pat myself on the back, or anything here. But we were talking about Team Canada and the roster for the Olympics, and your came your name came up between Jesse and I. And I know repping for Canada is in the blood. Uh, is that something that you've thought of at least at the Olympic level? It's definitely a thought. Definitely, um, you know, 
anytime that you get to play at the highest level, there there's certain things that you want to check off. Uh, Stanley Cup as an NHL player is obviously one of them, and and Olympics. Like the, you, you grow up, you watch some of these these great moments in Canadian history, whether it, you know. Uh, Sid, Sidney Crosby scoring in uh, in Vancouver, like moments like that that you'll never forget. I, I feel like as a hockey player, those are moments that you want to be a part of. So, yeah, it's definitely a thought in my head. But uh, you know, with that said, none of that uh, none of that comes none of that none of that comes without a lot of hard work, and and there's a, a lot to be done if to even be considered to play on that team. Nice. Uh, well, in our books, you are considered. Last one for you. I heard through my Hamilton Connects that I know after the 6207, after the birth of your baby boy, Aiden, you were on a Zoom with St. Thomas More, your old high school in the hammer, setting up the Darnell Nurse Excellence Scholarship valued at, I don't know, something like 40K per student, two students. I know a lot of folks don't know about it, but we here think it's amazing. Why, why is doing something like that important to you? Well, I mean, community to me has always been huge. St. Thomas More, uh, the high school I went to, uh, all my aunts, uncles, uh, my dad went to, and it's, uh, you know, when you go there, it was really like a, a family environment and, and everyone supported, you know, each and every one of, you know, myself, my siblings, and, and all my families that, family members that went there. I mean, I remember going to, you know, playing in playing in Sault Ste. Marie, and then coming back for the last, you know, two months of the year, and like being welcomed with with open arm with open arms, and uh, you know, that school meant, that school meant a lot to me and my family. On top of that, Hamilton is uh, Hamilton is home, and Hamilton is is a city that uh, holds a big part of my big part of my heart, and I wouldn't be where I am without that without the city of Hamilton and all the people of it. So I was just uh, I'm fortunate to be in the position I'm in. I'm glad that I can I can give back and help. Uh, some people achieve some of their goals and dreams. I saw one of the young women who got one of the scholarships had a 99 and a half, a 99.5 average. Like I couldn't see that in high school. Never mind. <laughs> imagine having that. Listen, uh, great kid, great player, uh, pure class, and hearing that at St. Thomas More, appreciate you dropping by, Tim and friends, uh, and as much as you do. So thanks, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate that. Anytime, literally anytime for Darnell Nurse. All right, time for a break. When we come back, we get back to talking Jays as they keep the, or at least try to keep their amazing streak going, opening a series against the division-leading Rays tonight. We'll get to the park, talk Jays with Arash Danny next on Tim and Friends. That includes Jesse Rubinoff sporting a ridiculous hat fresh off of his bachelor party in the Muskokas. I think it's just to hide his eyes, which may or may not be bloodshot. Back here for hour number two. And Tim and friends, that may or may not have been fair, but whatever. We move on quickly. Full hour Sportsnet 360, which will include Jonathan Vilma for overreaction day in the National Football League. Plus, more of your Jays match games. Rash Danny from the park shortly as the Jays get set to start a series with the Rays. That's right, kids. Jays and Rays. Toronto coming off 44 runs in a 24-hour span from Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon, which included two seven-inning games. And with it, end of the night, tied for the AL's first wild card spot. 
for the Boston Red Sox. Alec Manoa starts for the Jays against the opener, Colin McHugh for the Rays. Roster move for Toronto today as they recall Ryan Barucki and option Trent Thornton. Blue Jays Central comes your way 6.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Sportsnet. So the Toronto Blue Jays will line up this way against McHugh. George Springer back in the leadoff spot and DHing Bo Bichette hits cleanup while Teoscar Hernandez is in right bats fifth. Alejandro Kirk is your catcher and he is batting sixth. Guriel in left, Grichik in center. Bravek Valeria plays third and will bat ninth. Here's Charlie Montoyo on another tough AL East opponent. I'm going to get in the East. Best division in baseball. That's what you're gonna get. That's what you're gonna get. You know, and even more in September. You know, it's funny. A, a week ago, I was looking at the schedule. I saw Auckland. I saw the Yankees, and then the Orioles, and then the Rays. And I go, wow. You know, it's gonna be tough. You know, if we can split those games so we can stay in the race, but to do what we just did, is freaking unbelievable. <laughs> in my opinion. Friggin' unbelievable is right, as seen live on Sportsnet. Twins and Yankees, we pick it up in the bottom of the eighth. Yankees down 5-2, one on two away. Full count, and Tyler Duffy thinks that he caught a lot of the play. He did. Call the ball, Brett Gardner walks, Duffy pulled from the game. He's furious. Rocco Baldelli, after the pitching change, still hot. So you know what happens next, right? 2-1. Judge drives down in the air. You know, it's about time New York got a call. <clears throat> Went to extras, and you all know how this ends. Nothing for the Twins in the top half. Gary Sanchez gets dirty. Lines went into left field. Winning run comes home. Yanks walk off the Twins 6-5 the final. Rallying from five down. Could this be the slump buster for the Yankees? Well, they're now a half game back of the Jays and Red Sox in the wild card chase Mariners and A's three back Red Sox are in Seattle starting a three game series tonight while the A's have the night off. All right let's roll the NFL watching the quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick was put on the injured reserve list with a hip injury suffered in yesterday's opening season loss or season opening loss Fitzpatrick will miss significant time return this season probable Taylor Heineke takes over as a starter in Washington. Cam Newton? Anyone? Newton? Anyone? Mortensen says no. We'll talk to Jonathan Vilma later on in the hour about it. Other notable injury updates. Jerry Judy will miss four to six. Niners running back Raheem Mostert out eight weeks with a knee injury as they throw a curveball at the running back spot. And Jeff Okuda, Lions corner, out for the season. Lions bad defense just lost one of their top players. That's not good for a team, although they made a game of what was looking like an absolute smashing at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers. I would start normally with the Minnesota Vikings and their week one loss on the road in Cincinnati with my next guest. However, there's just too many things to talk about with the Rays and Jays, so I will simply bring in Arash Madani by saying, Salam Arash June, how are you? I'm, I'm not, hey, there's no Vikings here. 
It's it takes a special franchise to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> it Timmy. does. I mean, I, I have to tell you that. Uh, I had the Bengals plus three, but I'm not. You know, well, I'm not going to say anything here. Uh, listen, th- I don't know. Vikings aside, week one aside, like the Jays are outscoring 14 teams in the NFL in week one. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a weekend like that. Are you noticing, like, some sort of different energy in this team as they arrive today for Jays Rays? It's so funny, Tim, because three weeks ago on a Monday after they lost a series to Detroit, it felt like dead man walking around here, and now it feels like they're floating around here because of what that offense has done and what that offense has shown it can do. And... You know, when you talk about moments in the season that really kind of stand out, the Simeon three-run walk-off here against Oakland on the Friday night of Labor Day weekend was one. But the Springer bash in the seventh, in the first game of that doubleheader, that's the one that snapped your head up and said, wait a minute, something's happening here. And it's just such a different attitude and it's such a different belief that this this group now has that at any time anybody can do what Springer did or what Guriel's been doing or what yeah. Simeon did or what the dude who's hit 44 bombs this year is doing too. <laughs> I want to talk about the dude who's hit 44 bombs but it's interesting because the Jays are riding high we've got a match game out there the fans are riding high but this isn't over Yankees win rallying from five down today taking out the twins like it's September man yes. it's September you can't just jump on the roller oh, wait a minute the pennant <laughs> race is a roller coaster <laughs> right it, it is that's what it is and it's the, the 162 I said earlier the journey is the destination is the journey right the destination is the journey this is what makes it fun but the Jays got to go here I mean this is a, a really good Tampa Bay team that they're about to face it's a really good Tampa Bay team, and then you got to then take care of Minnesota, and then you got to then take care of Baltimore, and then you got to take care of Tampa again, and then you go into the Twin Cities again, and then it's the Yankees, and then it's the Orioles. Uh, every series is huge now. The, 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 Timmy, this has always been my point. There's nothing like October baseball. October baseball has the tension of every pitch, and a city gets into it. But I actually think that a playoff race and a pennant race in September is better. It's because you are just every night you are glued to it, you're into it, you're scoreboard watching, you're standings watching, you're wondering what they're going to do. I mean, right now, you're starting to think about, well, how is this rotation with the off day going to line up? Are you going to save Robbie Ray for a potential wild card game, depending on where that lines up on the 4th of October, whatever it is? So all of this kind of weighs into the equation, you know, This is now the biggest series of the season. Well, last Monday, Labor Day Monday, I was in the Bronx, and I'm listening to Buck and Tabby say this is a statement series. So I think this is the biggest series of the season until next Monday when we're in the trop, and then that's going to be the biggest uh, series of the season. That's the beauty of September baseball when your team's in it. That's what makes the wild card thing Fun. Suddenly, there are a lot of teams who are into this, and there are a lot of teams whose scores you're watching. You know, it's funny. Uh, Darnell Nurse agrees with you because he just said the exact same thing, that like Devin Shore has got everyone on notice. And the way this works out, we'll be watching every game. Canada will be watching every game. Are we also watching a rash, a triple crown watch for Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I mean, I look down at the numbers right now, first in average, 
tied for first in home runs and third in RBIs. This is unbelievable what he's doing. I think we were on the Triple Crown watch probably around the May long weekend, end of May. That's when you're like, <laughs> wait a minute, this might very well happen. And he had a two-week dip in August, yeah. right? It felt like he was kind of hitting that wall, and then he's been able to find a way through it. And when I talked to Vlad during that slump, he said, I just have to stick to my routine. I can't start overthinking it. I can't change things. It's my routine. It's my daily you know, activities that I've gone about that's gotten me to this point. And it's been a lot of cage work. It's waiting for the ball to travel a little longer so we can go the other way with it. And, you know, this is the first time he's gone through 162 and he admitted, yeah, there is a little bit of fatigue with this, but I have to find a way and he's found a way, which I think is just remarkable at his age, first time wire to wire 162 to find those answers. Look, he may win the Triple Crown. It'd be amazing, even if he doesn't. Are you kidding me? If he wins two out of three at, at this age, at this, at this state of affairs, it's, I mean, it's a coming of age. But, Timmy, like, 50 home runs is not that far-fetched right now. Think how nuts that is. Yeah. It's so, I, I, I jot things down. This is what I do, Arashmi Danny. I jot things okay. down. I jotted a few things down. So, Miguel Cabrera, 2012. Uh, he was the first to win a Triple Crown since 1967. Right. Only 10 players have ever done it. If you look at the stats, if Vladdy wins the AL Triple Crown, he's probably going to win the Major League Triple Crown the way it's breaking down. It's all AL leaders. Basically, Abreu is the RBI leader. Only five. And he won't win AL MVP, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, so let me get to it. Only five have done all Major League Triple crown. The last one to do it, Mickey Mantle in 1956. The guys to win Major League Baseball triple crowns Ty Cobb, Rogers Hornsby, Lou Gehrig, and Ted Williams. Like, who are these guys? If Vladdy wins the Major League triple crown, it's still guaranteed that Shohei Otani wins the AL MVP, right? Yes. Okay. And I. Uh, and I and I hope I hope it happens only because I want to see how many votes Guerrero gets. Yeah, you know I, I want to see how many AL MVP votes he wins the Triple Crown, the AL and, and Major League Baseball. Then what? Then what happens? Then you know what does it take? But I just think because it takes a modern look, what day. What Otani's doing is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. But the novelty factor is also a huge thing. But we've never seen anything like this before either by the way Cabrera 2012 when he won the triple crown the Tigers got to the World Series that year didn't they didn't they lose to San Fran in the World Series that year uh, I'm terrible at these things so I'm not going to act like I know but I think you're okay. right do you know I'm pretty sure yeah, I mean, but I just I, I think so too yeah. all right so let me ask you this because this is the part where like when I say Ty Cobb Rogers like this that's the who's who in Major League Baseball history, and we're talking about a 22-year-old. Like, the insanity of the moment in Major League Baseball is something that the league has to take advantage of. And Jesse was pointing me to a story earlier today where Sports Illustrated is talking about the Jays being exactly the type of tonic Major League Baseball needs. I was talking about it at the Major League Baseball All-Star game. It feels like a moment. Do you really think that Major League Baseball can take what is a modern-day Babe Ruth and this exciting Jays team 
and hit a new level here or are we too far gone on the game of baseball? I know this is a deep layered onion, but where do you think we're at? <sighs> I, I love think that, it's Brad. the players like Tatis and Vlad who can save it. I think it's Bo flipping his bat. I think it's the larger-than-life personalities that ha- that are the only chance of making this go right now. You you need that in the game. You need to make you know the social media phenomenon happen with with these guys. Vlad has it. Tatis has it. There needs to be more pitchers who have it. There needs there need to be more rivalries. They need to meet. There needs to be more dislike among among some players with one another. Look what Brandon Hyde did. Hyde did the other night. It was bush league. It was bad. But if you have, think of the confrontation that Toronto and Texas had for two seasons in fifteen and sixteen. Had to tune in. How much did that add to all of it? Yeah. Baseball needs more of that in addition to electrifying personalities whose game matches what they bring uh, with that personality. Yeah, that made must-see TV. But I guarantee you Brandon High is not doing that again because after that moment, no. they got their Brandon face. Brandon needs a job. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what he needs. Yeah, uh, yeah his hide. Never mind. All right, uh, before I let yes. you go, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up. I know you're a huge tennis guy, always working on Sportsnet's tennis coverage. Uh, biggest story of the weekend was? Oh, it was Layla. It was for sure Layla. I mean, what what that with Felix, this has been building and he took another step forward. Uh, somebody who's been to a Masters 1000 semifinal in his career, Wimbledon quarterfinal, now U.S. Open semifinal. Layla Fernandez came out of nowhere to do what she did, knocking out how many top 10 players, how many top 25 players, how many three set matches, showing she has a mental fortitude. Uh, that was that was amazing. I know what happened yesterday. Medvedev played lights out. Yeah, dominant. There was nobody beating Daniil Medvedev yesterday. No. And Novak didn't have it yesterday. He ran out of gas and just the game wasn't there. Uh, Medvedev was amazing. But the story in this country uh, of the entire Canadian tennis season uh, is Leila Fernandez reaching that U.S. Open final because... Where did she come from? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, there's still there's still no answers to either of those questions. Uh, either way, she's going to the Met Gala tonight. I heard through the grapevine. Mm. Layla Fernandez. When you go to a U.S. Open final, there are doors that open, and apparently one of them, the Met Gala. Uh, Arash Madani, the door is always open here. Appreciate you, my dude. All right, thanks, Jimmy. There is Arash Madani down at Rogers Center as the Jays and Rays get set. Uh, we'll still have more coming up, but we also have a match game that is burning up the interwebs right now. And it's a pretty simple one, isn't it, Jesse Rubinoff? Yeah, it is. Before I get to it quickly, Colton pointing out that every time somebody is live from Rogers Center, we get the Rick Astley. Oh, did they do the Rick they, Astley? Yeah, game? it was like the second or third question that it. Arash yeah. was answering, but but it was there. And hey, they continued the streak. We're never going to let you down. Never. Very nice. Yeah. Very suave. Okay. The Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than blank. We've got some good responses rolling in, so let's move on here. Adam says, the Blue Jays are hotter than Conor McGregor's temper when he knows the camera is on him. That's very good. Yes. I agree with you, Adam. Yes. I think he did that because the camera. I think he might have talked. 
Oh, they might have talked to each other. Machine Gun Kelly before. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, nobody would be surprised if Conor McGregor's in the next celebrity boxing match. Nobody. Right. He's already done one. Okay, Michael Torquia, member of the digital team. The Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than the dugout Mike on Brandon Hyde. Quit bringing up our own team. I'm just tweets, saying, it was right? a good tweet. You got to reward something. Yeah, Sometimes you, know. you got to reward our viewers too. Yeah, Torquia okay. gets enough rewards. Whatever. Okay, the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Uncle Timmy in his prime hair days, no, says no, Mike. And then Brian, oh, of course. Listen. Of course. That wasn't my. Hey, that was not my prime hair days. That was my boss wouldn't let me shave my head days. Oh, really? You weren't allowed to get rid of it? No, they, wouldn't, they thought I'd look like a punk. Really? Story, and yeah. look how you turned. Look. I still look like a punk. Look, no. Look what you became. It's what. It, look. Have you seen how luxurious my curls were back in the day? No. Have I'm you gonna, seen the pictures? Like, That's not the picture, guys. <laughs> that is me clinging. And my forehead looks still just as big as it does now. Anyways, let's move on. All right, fine. We'll move on. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Fabio. Yeah, we went to Fabio Road earlier. Yeah. Who's that? That's a motion. I don't know. Thanks. But, yeah. The Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than, Glenn says, aluminum slide at the park on a summer's day. <laughs> That's pretty good. We used to have one of those in our neighborhood and they tore them down. Yeah. Now you know That's why. Just, yes, exactly. Yeah. Daniel says, the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Ben Simmons' relationship with the 76ers. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Vinny, here we go. The Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Jameis Winston's fresh W's. Out of the oven. Got to eat them up. W. Gotta we got eat one yes- up. Yeah, we got one yesterday, too. You got to eat them up. All a lot right. of fresh Ws. For uh, we'll try and get some more match games. We'll also maybe talk about what happened with Brandon Hyde and the Jays. Get you set for Jays and Rays. More pregame coverage on the way. As always, this is your home. Pregame to the pregame. Showman Tabler next from the park. Jamie and Joe also coming up. Blue Jays Central. And some NFL Week 1. We continue on Sportsnet 360. Welcome back. Still looking for pictures of me with my luxurious curls. Uh, minutes away from sending you to a more important thing, Blue Jays Central on Sportsnet. Alec Manoa on the mound as the Jays host the Rays with more on the game. Let's send it to Dan Schulman and Pat Tabler at the Rogers Center. Gentlemen. Tim, two and a half weeks ago, things did not look great for the Blue Jays in terms of qualifying for the postseason. A look at the wild card standings back towards the end of August, and it actually was kind of bleak. They were six and a half out of a playoff spot. They had to pass three teams to get in, and everybody said, boy, are they going to have to get hot. Well, they have gotten hot, going 14 and two since. And now, Tabby, they find themselves, along with the Red Sox, tied for the first wild card spot in the American League. And they're playing great baseball all the way around, but the one guy I think who's been driving the bus all season long has been Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's been coming up with big base hits all year long. He's been so disciplined in his approach. Every day he comes and works on one thing, staying inside the baseball as much as you can. Keep those hands inside so when you throw a fastball like this inside, you can get to it and get it up in the air. Remember everybody was complaining about him hitting so many ground balls? Well, he's not doing that anymore. Eight home runs over his last 16 games. He's been driving the bus offensively for the Blue Jays, and they are as hot as they've ever been this season. 
Everybody loves Vladdy in these parts, and why not? Guerrero and the Blue Jays opening up a three-game series with the first place Tampa Bay Rays tonight. Amazing that the Triple Crown watch is in full effect. Vladdy and the Jays, Rays in town, and I won't talk about Tampa's propensity to ruin things for the Toronto Blue Jays. Instead, I will simply go to a match game that is burning up the interwebs as we speak. Jesse Rubinoff standing by with a view. I got a few. The Blue Jays are hotter than blank. Quite simple this time around. The Blue Jays are hotter than blank. J.J. Everson writes in and says, the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Hansel. Is a Zoolander oh. reference too old, or is that simply blue steel solid? No, I think Zoolander is one of those that withstands the test of time. I Mugatu? I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, Misqua writes in and says, the Blue Jays are hotter than Megan Fox thinks she is. Oh. Madrid! <laughs> That's a tough one. Rick writes in and says, the Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Patrick Swayze. And Chris Farley, <laughs> SNL, gold, Jerry, gold. I still think it's great that you think that Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor spoke about throwing drinks at each other or whatever they did. Come on, man. Like, you're Machine Gun Kelly. You're really going to pick on Conor McGregor? Or you're going to try and pick a fight with Conor? No. I'll throw it on you. We become internet buzz. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Connor's at that stage of his career now, right? No, that, Connor's always been that right, guy. Right. But Connor now, but now he's losing fights. So he, now went, he, has to. he went as far as to throw a dolly through a bus window to get that buzz. <laughs> that was aggressive. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. He's that dude. Okay, I got, I got a couple here. Okay. The Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than Liz says. It's just that. It's just that. It's just that good. The Elmo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's hot. That's that's what you really use. Hot, yeah. That's what you use when you're responding to a hotter than match game. The Toronto Blue Jays. Here we go. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Toronto Blue Jays are hotter than liquid hot magma. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. That's, Both of those are hot. Understood. Yeah. So does Austin Powers stand the the, the test of time? Like yeah, I mean, because, because he's Canadian, it gets the extra push. Here in our home and native land, too, right? Yeah. Scarborough, dude. So, is there any chance? Um, is there any chance of, of a letdown tonight yes. for these Blue Jays? Yes. Without like this is not six of the next nine come against the division leading race. Now, listen. I sat here and said this could be a run for the ages. I am still sitting here saying the same thing because they have pitching. They will have a chance in every game. But if you look at the schedules. It's a little bit easier for the Red Sox and the Yankees right now. Yeah. And the Jays are going to have to continue. They have more runway. You and I have talked about runway for a long time. They've got a little bit more runway because of the way they've played their last 16, winning 14 of them, and the way the Yankees and Red Sox have played. But this is uh, Street Fighter. Yes. Finish him. Yeah. You must finish him. 100%. 100%. We have talked about it. This is 162 games. The cream rises to the top with the talented lineup that they have. That's what you're seeing right now. Without a doubt. 162. Uh, we have got more match games on the way if you continue with us on Sportsnet 360. However, it's time to send you to Blue Jay Central on Sportsnet. Jamie and Joe standing by to continue the pregame coverage of the Jays and the Rays. As for us, we continue on Sportsnet 360 with Jonathan Vilma who joins us to break down week one in the National Football League on this, 
Overreaction Monday. Jay's on Sportsnet. Tim and Friends continues on Sportsnet 360. Next. by Rodgers and for Jameis Winston ties his career high with five touchdown passes pressure Hawk has it blocked it's scooped up and a score and all three phases for Pittsburgh having a major impact Stafford Look again out. is going to air not deep downfield wide 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 open Stafford 321 yards and his third touchdown what a catch what a play by Kyler Murray my goodness wrapped up and taken down from behind that is number five for Chandler Jones throwing deep has a man and he's got a touchdown one that passes intercepted third pick of the day thrown by the rookie quarterback for Jacksonville it's being chased as he heaves it and a throw that almost nobody in the world can make. Football is back. The Monday after week one of the National Football League was turned by Tim and Sid as overreaction Monday like 15 years ago. It seems to have caught on. Though given the love the NFL gets, that might be every Monday. Here to help us sort through fact and fiction is a dude quickly becoming one of your favorites here on Tim and Friends, Jonathan Vilma of the NFL on Fox. And do I have to mention All-American at the U, three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. Skip all that. Let's, yeah. let's get to the okay, football. Yeah. Let's get to the football. I, I may have already mentioned it. What's good, Jonathan? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. All right. So let's start with some of the overreactions today. Uh, your former team, the Saints, front and center. Jameis is back. He could be your MVP, although we did talk about that with Nate Burleson going into the season. The Packers are done. Aaron Rodgers is out. Uh, I admittedly had to discount, double-check the score a couple times as that game wore on. How much of all of this from that 38-3 to final is fact and how much is fiction? I'd say about 60-40, 60% fiction, 40% fact. Uh, the the uh, Let's go with the facts. The run game was there for the Saints. The defense was there for the Saints. The turnovers, the takeaways, and then the efficiency from Jameis Winston. That was all there, and you can see how good the Saints can be if they have the consistency. The fiction is you can't ever, ever, ever count out Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if he has... Five interceptions in a game, 10 interceptions in a game. The next game, he's coming back, and they still have a chance. Matter of fact, every time he has the ball in his hand, they have a chance. So, yeah, it was a bad game. They get blown out. You know, it's a week one, whatever. Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, every time he has the ball in his hands, they have a chance. So the 60% is everyone wanting to discount Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and write them off, et cetera. Just throw that all in the garbage. The 40% good Saints, they handle their business. The 60% throw it in the trash. Aaron Rodgers will have that team ready next week. All right, uh, two reminders that I need to, to give to people. One, I remember the overreaction Monday last year in week one was that Tom Brady and the Bucks didn't have a chance. And I'll remind people that they also lost 38-3 to to the very same Saints, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So just relax a little bit in the mighty words of Aaron Rodgers. So if we're talking about overreactions, 
What jumped out at you that you want to see a little bit more of? I know the Rams and Matthew Stafford look pretty darn good. Kyler Murray, I mean, I took the over on cards wins even in that tough division. They look pretty good, and the Titans are getting beat up today. Like, which one of the overactions jumped out at you as maybe something that we need to keep an eye on? I was really looking at the Tennessee Titans uh, with Julio Jones, uh, supposed to complete that offense, right? You have the running game, and then now you have this uh, threat that demands a double team over the top, which is supposed to open up the running game and, and open up the box for Derrick Henry. So I was very surprised by that. You know, when you have a team that has had a lot of success running the football and to give up, just frankly get beat up on the offensive line the way that they did. Chandler Jones had five sacks, three in the first quarter, you know, just outstanding play. I don't want to discredit the Cardinals, but I've always been a guy that has been a fan of run first. You set up the pass. You play good defense. That's bode well for all the great uh, coaches, I just watched it with C- the Seattle Seahawks. They did it against the Colts. Bill Belichick has done it before, has a ton of success. Of course, he had Tom Brady um, at the helm. So that was a little surprising for me uh, to see the Tennessee Titans. And then uh, real quickly, just the Buffalo Bills. A lot of hype. Yeah. Uh, defense is really good. Uh, we're talking about a possible MVP candidate at the quarterback position. Uh, Stefan Diggs is just phenomenal. And they just absolutely laid an egg. I mean, I don't know if they were reading the press clippings too much or was it a combination of the press clippings and the Steelers having a chip on their shoulder after their early exit last year from the playoffs. But either way, they're going to have to regroup. They're going to have to just tune out everything, tune out the social media, tune out the naysayers, tune out all of that and get back to basics with Josh Allen and that defense. Yeah, I felt like the Steelers were like rumors are demise, uh, rumors of our demise greatly exaggerated here. Yes, definitely. So did, Agreed. let me ask you this. Did you ever have five sacks in a game at the U? Maybe Coral Gables. Did you ever have a five-sack yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. I had a five-sack game. Um, I had a 10-sack game. Wait, and what? then I woke up. Okay, and all right. All then right. I came back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to go to practice. Yeah. <laughs> you brought up 10-sack game. I was like, I want to hear about that. And did that, cor- <laughs> did that quarterback hunt you down? Hey, after if it was if done? we had more time, I was going to tell you a great story. And my coach always said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I was going <laughs> to ride with it, man. I was going to go. <laughs> So let's let's get to the game that you worked uh, in this in this Seattle. And listen, I think the Colts are going to be good. I took Seattle with my pick on Friday because I think it's going to take a little while for Carson Wentz to get used to it. But what I saw from Seattle in that game was even more than I expected. And here's the thing. That defense in the second half of last season, Jonathan, seemed to find, I'm not going to say it was Legion of Boom type stuff, but they seemed to find a groove. If that defense is real, that team could win a tough division. That defense is real. Yeah. Uh, watch them up close. Uh, this is the the scary part. Jamal Adams is what made that defense go last year, last half of the season. Uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap is there and Jamal Adams, and they're wreaking havoc on the quarterbacks and creating pressure. Yesterday, they didn't need Jamal Adams. It was Rasheem Green stepping up, Darrell Taylor stepping up. 
Carlos Dunlap stepping up. That's the defensive line, right? And if you can rush consistently and put pressure with the defensive line and be able to drop seven, you are going to have a really, really good season. You're going to go, I don't know how deep, but you're going to go deep into the playoffs. And they have a formidable division. The NFC West looks strong right now. It's going to be a battle, but they are set up to play some really, really good football. And, you know, that that was a scary part to me. Every commercial break, I'm over here next to Kenny saying, man, you know, Jamal Adams, we haven't called his name much. And then to me, I know just from playing, that's a good thing. That means yeah. the defensive line, the linebackers, they're kicking butt. You don't need Jamal Adams. Um, so that was really, really good. And then, of course, Russell Wilson, you know, what more can I say about him? I mean, this guy is in, in an all-world status. You know, you put him up there very, very close to Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's that next guy you start to talk about when you say great quarterbacks because he's been so consistent. He has that beautiful teardrop bomb. I mean, we just saw the highlights. Yeah. His, his deep ball, I, I got to say, it's it's the best in the league. Uh, and I love Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. His deep ball is so beautiful. It just goes and it just literally just drops into a bucket for his receivers every time. Yeah, there's some great throws in week one. Trevor Lawrence even dropping a dime along the sidelines yeah. in a beatdown. Uh, Kyler Murray, like, that was literally in a bucket. Christian Kirk looking over his head. It would, yeah. There is some real nice. But, yeah, let me, you know, there's something to these guys, these quarterbacks that played baseball. And yeah. it's like, I don't know if it's their, their throwing motion or technique, but it's just that they know how to, instead of tra tra trying to like traject it over the, the defender, they just put it so high. So it just comes right down to a bucket, almost like, uh, you know, the basketball players, the good three pointers. It's not just like right at the basket. It's up and then like just like drops arc. right yeah. in, man. It's it's a beautiful thing to see. You know what it is? And, and this is like I love baseball. I love football. And part of it is we take all of these quarterbacks. I'm a lefty, so I'm going to do this. But we're all, uh, over the top, we want everything to be this perfect form over the top. And baseball players just throw. Get it done. Like sometimes you need to rush that throw because there's speed. Sometimes you need to just – Make sure that you place it right because the pitcher is covering first base. Like, I think that there's a lot to that idea that baseball players just get it done. And there you see those different arm angles from, yeah. from Patrick Mahomes and, and Kyler Murray where you just see something different from them. No, I agree. Yeah. 100%. 100%. All right. So, um, there's a couple things. Can, can that Rams team – I know Matthew Staff. I don't want to overreact. But I just saw a lot from that Rams offense. And again, that's a great defense. If they can be consistent on offense, could they possibly be something to wreck with? Oh, yes. I mean, look, with without Matthew Stafford, they went into Seattle last year in the playoffs and beat them 30 yeah. to 20. Yeah. Right. So they definitely can uh, say have a say in that NFC West. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, I think they can. They they kind of fizzle out at the end. Let's see how, how that goes for the remainder of the season yep. or the last part of the season. But back to the Rams, I mean, they have everything. And I thought, as talented as the Seahawks defense is, I thought and still think that the Rams defense is even more talented and is even better than that Seahawks defense. And that's saying a lot because I loved watching Jamal Adams and that defense and Bobby Wagner go. That Rams defense, Jalen Ramsey, he is I, – I, we talk about Aaron Donald a lot, and I it deservedly so, and I get it because he's just a freak of nature. He's like the Hulk, you know, <laughs> packed into a six-foot, 290-pound body, just demolishing offensive linemen. But when you watch Jalen Ramsey – 
He is electric, and it's electric in a different way because he can cover, he can tackle, he's physical, he wants to get up in there, and he's a team player. So I absolutely love when he left Jacksonville and everyone tried to name him as like, oh, this guy, a bad attitude guy. He just wants to win. And you see, you don't hear a peep from him. He's on a good team with a good defense, yep. and he's selfless, and that's what's making this Rams defense so good. I'm, I'm telling you, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. In, in late in the season. All right, two more quick ones for you. Uh, with Fitz Magic turning into Fitz Tragic and going on the IR. Oh, are you, come on. Don't, don't do him like that. <laughs> I, I, I had to do it just because I saw the headline and it stuck in my head. The And I stole it. And the, the part for me, though, is Cam Newton seems to make sense in Washington. Are you buying or selling this makes sense? Because Chris Mortensen says it doesn't look like it's in, in line here. There is so, uh, so to answer your question, yes, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to everybody on the outside looking in. There is clearly something either Ron Rivera or, uh, you know, the powers that be are saying that they don't want him there. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, because, you know, you already conceded that this was kind of like a one year get over the hump. And then you find your quarterback of the future when you had Fitzpatrick. Cam Newton can be the exact same thing for you. There's obviously a relationship and a bond there between him and Rivera, but there, there's clearly something we don't know. And I don't even want to assume it's bad. I just uh, am going to assume that it's not what's best for Washington and, and leave it at that. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try to speculate, but he was such a dynamic player. It's surprising that they haven't picked him up already, um, but we'll see. See what happens. All right. Who you got Ravens or Raiders tonight, Monday nighter? Oof. Before the Ravens lost all 20 of their running backs, I had the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Now I have the Raiders only because I have no idea who's running the ball besides Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. And uh, you, you can't go in there and beat a John Gruden team without running the ball and having balance. Uh, it, it might be it might be that Lamar Jackson leads the league in rushing because he has to yes. lead the league in rushing <laughs> yes. for the Ravens to do anything. Uh, a little contagious there. I do the Fitz tragic, and then you talk about 20 backs going down from the Ravens. I apologize, <laughs> but I do appreciate you, my dude. <laughs> okay, I, I had to just keep going with the flow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was my to. fault. My bad. My bad. <laughs> be well. Thank you for doing this. Of course. See you next week. Be well. There is uh, Jonathan Vilma here on Tim and Friends NFL on Fox. Time for one last break. We'll get to our Monday tip of the cap and last call with Jesse Rubinoff. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find pictures of your hair. I'm trying to find pictures of your hair. This is the guy with the luxurious hair. Welcome back. Tim and Friends Monday tip of the cap goes to Maya Chaka, who became the first black woman to officiate an NFL regular season game, serving as the line judge in yesterday's Jets-Panthers game. Chaka, just the third woman to work as an on-field official in the NFL prior to the game, she wrote on Instagram, it's a privilege that I've been chosen to represent women and women of color in the most popular sport in America. Congratulations. To Maya Chaka. And from Maya to Jesse with a little hat for last call. Maya, the tip of the cap. Ah, I got it. I should have figured that out as I looked over there. That's okay. Can't bat 1,000. Pretty close, though. I'd like to bat like 200, though. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I said I was looking for pictures of you with hair. We found some. Let's do this one first. This is better. Okay. 
All right, that, yeah, so uh, you want to take us back to where that was from? Uh, that's, uh, that's a grade 12 formal uh, at Senator O'Connor College. Oh, can you see the hair, though, there? Like, I know you can see a different-looking face with an actual Oh, jawline. my goodness. Oh, yeah. Is that the Leo face? That's the Leo <laughs> DiCaprio? That's what you're going for there, eh? Uh, Donovan Bennett said I look like Sidney Crosby there. Yes. And I was like, That is uh, a great point. Yeah, I actually agree with him on uh, that's a good call. The, the hair got longer, but you can see the curls. There was once hair on this head that didn't look like it was receding at 20. Yeah. Four or whatever the hell that picture Sid, was. Sid's a great guy, big fan, but you do better interviews than Sidney Crosby. <laughs> uh, my favorite ever, still to this day, was Cabral Richards got something com completely different from Sidney Crosby yeah. about how he taped his knob. It was one of the best things that oh, I've we're seen. There. We're going there. Yeah, you just, of course, oh, you, yeah. you don't you twist the Got tape it. and then you, right. Oh, of course, yeah. what are you, where are you going No, 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 no. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm ready to do last call. Still in stag week, are we? Is yeah. that what's going on here? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, you were making like Will Chamberlain jokes off the top and stuff, so like, I, yeah, I don't know whatever. what you're talking okay. about. You're right. the one that said you got tested before your bachelor party. Fair enough. You got me there. You okay. got tested after you. Well, I, no. I did here too. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, whatever. The Tennessee Titans were blown out at home by the Cardinals 38-13 yesterday. COVID tests. Yes. The yeah. Titans star-studded offense managed just 248 total yards. And new addition, Julio Jones had three catches for 29 yards. And today, Head coach kidding, Mike Vrabel called Just out kidding. Jones for an unnecessary roughness penalty that cost the team what would have been their first first down of the game. Have a listen. Those, those are absolutely, that's, that's absolutely nothing that, that we coach or teach. So that would fall into the category of doing dumb that hurts the team uh, right there uh, in bold letters. In the doghouse like early. That. In the doghouse early. Uh, what was more concerning, Jones' performance or Derrick Henry being held to 58 yards? That happens every once in a while. I'm okay with it. Uh, he is one of the best backs in the league. I know that backs get mileage on them very quickly, but I wouldn't be too worried about Derrick Henry. I think, though, we need a new segment called Dumb-ish that hurts the team in capital letters. Right. I love that statement from yes. Mike Vrabel. That happens all the time, and it's one of the reasons why you don't understand why a team traded player X for player Y. And half the time, it's because that player does dumb-ish that hurts the team. And oftentimes, we don't know yes. enough about the players who do the dumb-ish. Yes, there were a lot of rumors in Atlanta that Julio Jones didn't participate in practice a lot of the time, so some questions about maybe his reputation coming over to, to Tennessee, but another here and over there. Yeah, Let's gotta, continue. Got to yeah. produce. Yeah, got to produce. Uh, okay, week one, the NFL wraps up tonight with the Raiders hosting Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Jackson was the NFL MVP in 2019, but his numbers dipped slightly last season, and there were some suggesting that the league had figured him out. Do you think that's the case? No, but I think it's going to be unfair to Lamar Jackson that he has no running backs. Right. So now he's going to be under this great scrutiny as he tries to carry this entire team on his back. Let it be said right now, if he does, never question Lamar Jackson mm. again. He does not have a running back on this team that anyone wanted before the start of the season. Uh, this will be real interesting to watch. I will say this, uh, two of the best 
tight ends in the game going toe-to-toe. Yes. Waller, Andrews tonight. That'll be one of those uh, inside-the-game things that I'll be watching. Seems but, like, yeah, it's an opportunity for Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray to yeah. take control of that backfield. Without a doubt, but there's a reason why they're eighth on the depth roster. Yes. yes. Uh, a huge upset in U.S. college football on Saturday. Florida State lost to FCS school Jacksonville State on a last-second 59-yard walk-off TD. It was FSU's second straight loss on the final play of the game. What was the best part of this, Timmy? Uh, I want to say that it's the FCS team knocking off the Division I team in-state. Obviously a big thing. But it might be the Florida State cheerleaders. Mm. I don't know if you noticed this, but the faces of the Florida State cheerleaders, (laughs) it's just (laughs) complete and utter disbelief as well as a little bit of pissed off from the female cheerleader asking for louder. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason to be surprised, because that doesn't happen very often. You don't usually lose to <laughs> No, like you, that. Don't, you don't. You, that's why you get a reaction like that. So sometimes we like to look for the things behind the things. Yes. On the subtleties. The subtleties. If you the will. nuance. If you will. The Uf, uh, UEFA Champions League group stage begins tomorrow. Alfonso Davies is expected to play Somebody for Bayern Munich. Somebody must be hungover or something. I don't know. Against Barcelona. Stupid hat. I did, I did put. I did use Bazin today. Um, <laughs> Davies missed Canada's World Cup qualifier against El Salvador last week due to a knee injury. What are you most looking forward to in this Champions League campaign? There, uh, there are some interesting matchups. Uh, there are some interesting groups. PSG, Man City, uh, that's an interesting group. But I will say this, there is a record for Canadians participating in the Champs League this year. Uh, that's the thing that I'll be looking forward to probably the most. Besiktas is one if you want to adopt a team uh, from Turkey. Atiba Hutchison and Kyle Larum both play for Besiktas, Lille won mm. Liga with Jonathan mm. David, and then of course the big boys, Bayern Munich, maybe the biggest club in the world with your boy. Okay, uh, bef- before I take the hat off for good, uh, I want to go back to the bachelor party for a second. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the golf, how they had the signs. Oh yeah, So and you said that uh, whether or not you were eliminated. What hell happened Yes, here? yes, so I had to play someone for the show. Anyways, I had a putt to win immunity for my tribe and this is how it went down how do you think it went what are you guys doing just gathering all around with it uh, yeah the guy with no shirt is my soon-to-be brother-in-law by the way oh my yeah was there any chance that i was gonna make that putt I'm, I'm just looking at the dude without his shirt on <laughs> what the hell is going on back there of course it's who the let show. you on to this course listen shout out to the golf course it was really good. So earlier in the show, I asked Jesse if he won this matchup, and he said, I'll show you later. Yes. So, so the answer is right there. I lost. Lip out to lose. Yes. I mean, there was never a doubt. It was a, it, it was like Plinko, the greens, like a little bit. They were moving all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But like, what? Yeah. yeah. What, I mean, it's tough. <laughs> Not an easy pie. A little that, firm. It was like five. Yeah. You Would you have made that pie? That. Would you, with all those people watching you? Would you have made it? Uh, we can do it tomorrow on the show if you oh. want. Oh. Jays and Rays about to start over on Sportsnet. WWE Raw coming up 8 Eastern, Sportsnet 360. Red Sox, Mariners, late night Sportsnet 1. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching.